Welcome to the 3G Podcast, a series on girls who are chasing their goals and reaching new heights in their respective worlds. I'm co-host and two-time USA Olympian, Nicole Ossinger. I'm your other co-host and owner and designer of Cam Swim, Cameron Norfleet. And we're girls going for gold. Okay, everyone, we have our next guest for the 3G Podcast, which is Brittany. She is the star of Selling the Big Easy, which is amazing. Um, We're so excited to have her today. So Brittany, give us a little spiel about, you know, who you are, where you're from, and give us your background. So my name is Brittany Piccolo-Ramos. I um, live in New Orleans, Louisiana, born and raised um, in the area, and I've been doing real estate for about eight years. And I have um, the show with HGTV called Selling the Big Easy. Um, It was not something that I really tried to get. It was just kind of, I believe in fate um, and and things that are supposed to happen, happen. And that's, that's, I think that's who I am. And I own the um, the company Godwin Realty with my husband. Oh, awesome. Okay. So did you, did you do anything before real estate? I know you did, you said you did that for eight years. Oh yeah. I did. Um, I worked in restaurants a lot. I okay. worked in every type of retail job. I kind of, I worked everywhere. <laughs> like if there was a job, <laughs> I, I took it. I'd work at Sam's like, or like Walmart. I like, I would be a greeter. I'd be an amazing greeter. I'm just saying. <laughs> but like I've worked in every industry because I was just trying to find out who I was. I, mm-hmm. I like doing comedy. I actually wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's what I like to do. Um, but you know, it's hard to really make money. And it's just a really, it's a hard atmosphere, especially being married. Um, I got married at 19. So it's hard to be in the entertainment world and still stay married. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. So what, t- like, what led you to your real estate journey and what made you like decide to try that out? Well, my sister is a real estate agent in Nashville and she's really successful. Um, and I actually was going to go into pharmaceutical sales because I, I just like meeting people and talking to people, um, and fixing and solving problems and issues. And so, um, but they wanted me to move to Austin. So I didn't want to do that. I wanted to stay in the city and, um, and I'm really close to my family. And so what ended up happening was I actually hurt my back and, um, I didn't want to be anything like my big sister because I wanted to make my own mark on the world. Um, but everybody you know, was always like, oh, you should do real estate. Um, And then I got a, um, I was working in retail actually, and I ended up hurting my back, like I said earlier, and I couldn't really walk anymore. And I got a call out of the blue from this lady that did real estate for my family like years ago. Um, And she was asking me if I wanted to do some skincare product or something. And I was like, not really interested in that, but maybe I should try real estate. Um, And then I joined her team at the time. And then, um, and then went from there that's really awesome um so what is like probably your favorite part about real estate that kind of drew you to it um I like I used to be the little kid if somebody else was beating somebody up like I would jump in the fight and like stand up for the the underdog I guess you could say like I don't like injustice um and I I don't like I like fixing problems so and I like people so I think that it was the combination of those things and, and the reason I think one of the reasons why I never wanted to do real estate Um, where I had a bad understanding of what real estate agents did was because the people that I knew that were in real estate during my parents' time, you know, they were kind of scary and kind of like intimidating and a bit just like salesy, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, and I'm a good reader of people. And so I just didn't like what they were throwing, but I didn't realize that in real estate, you can do it differently. You know, I wasn't really understanding what a real estate agent was, you know, I thought they were just, you know, like used car salesmen. Yeah, I know. And it's, we actually, I just bought a house with my fiance in October and to have a good real estate agent is so important because the process is crazy. And really, if they don't, if your agent isn't advocating for you, you can be taken advantage of. And there's just so many things going through it that like having someone on your team fighting for you is just so important to make sure it's actually enjoyable because it, it, it was, it was stressful. Yeah. It's savage. Like, it's like, I've gained like 60 pounds doing real estate because you eat your feelings on the regular. A lot of people become alcoholics, <laughs> but, um, but not me. I just, yeah. I live in new Orleans. That doesn't help either. Cause they're yeah. like, you want to go to a function or a party? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> um, I want all the appetizers. Um, and so for me, like it was that, like that, that video, it's like, why don't you treat yourself? Like I tell myself that every day, I'm like, every single day, you should treat yourself. And I'm like, I should treat myself. And I'm like, Brittany, you can't treat yourself every day, (laughs) but, um, but it's stressful and it's hard. And, and, you know, like you want to give yourself a win sometimes. So you roll up in a restaurant and treat yourself. Um, but you know, with real estate, it is, it's very stressful. And, um, and I, I'm not one of those realtors that can disconnect. Like if I have something stressful happening, like I am in it, like with my clients, you would think that it was my house. And that's what my husband tells me all the time. He's like, Brittany, it's not your house. I'm like, but it is my house. Like it is like, and I'm like, and it it matters that extra thousand dollars because I know how much that will impact my client's life. Um, so, um, it is, it's a really, it's an intense job. It's a very hard job. And I, I get calls all the time from people who's like, I think I should get my license. And I'm like, get your license. Um, but then they get in the industry and they're like, oh my gosh, why didn't you tell me it was so hard? I'm like, what did you want me to say? Like, Hey, yeah, you should do it. You're going to hate it, but you should do it. (laughs) Um, because I think, I think the percentage is like only like 20% of the agents do 80% of the business. And I think it's 90% of realtors get out of real estate their first year. Um, that, that's the, um, that's, that's the percentages. So it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty hard industry because you're dealing with, um, so much competition. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realize like the success rate was that low, kind of like after your first year, that's insane. Yeah. So kudos to all the agents out there that are still sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Congratulations. It's like hunger games. Yeah. Like you- <laughs> That's so true. So how did it even happen with HGTV? Were you approached? Did you kind of seek it out yourself? Like how did that even come about? Well, I messaged him on Instagram. No, I'm sure. Um, so what, <laughs> happened, what had happened was um, I was, I got a call from, I used a staging company, um, with like big jobs because I just don't have all the storage. And so I kind of partner with some people and this girl, um, that I had staged with, um, or used with, used her to stage with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she called me and she's like, she's really cute. And she has a little accent. She's like, Brittany, she's like, they doing a show. 
can I use your property? I was like, yeah, you can use my property. But I had to call the seller and the seller was like, if you do it, you have to be at the property, which I really didn't want to go because I remember that day distinctly. And I remember being like, I want to stay in my pajamas all day and eat Doritos. Like that <laughs> is what I want to do. I do not want to go to this property and talk to people that I don't really care about. Not that not, I don't mean to sing, but you know, like I'm not trying to become famous yeah. or anything. So I was actually gonna have my assistant go, but um, the realtor in, or the owner insisted on me being there. And so it's interesting. I'm gonna give you the long version because we have 45 minutes. I'm just joking, like for however many minutes. Um, so I ended up, um, I was driving there and I actually said to myself, I was like, Brittany, because when I was little, and I know this is one of the questions, I'm sure, when I was little, I used to tell my mom that I was gonna have a TV show. And I was like, Brittany, what if you meet these people and they're like, you're amazing. It was kind of like when you used to go on dates, right? And you'd be like, what if this is the one? And then I say, I love popcorn. And he said, I love popcorn. And then we love each other, right? So it was kind of like that. I was driving. I was like, what if they're like, oh, you know, you're amazing. You should have your own show. And I'd be like, yeah, I should. And like all that was happening in my head. But I was like, that's so stupid and ridiculous. Um, so I went to the property and I'm talking to the producers and um, just telling them like places that they should go and restaurants and a little bit about my team. And, um, and then they were like, I said a joke and I'm not gonna say it cause it's inappropriate, but it was funny. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and she was like, and it wasn't a joke, like two guys walking in a bar, you know, it was like, just like a situational thing. And she was like, you're hilarious. And I was like, yeah, I should have my own show. And she's like, you should. And, um, I was like, shut up. And then, she ended up actually calling me back. It's like when you used to give a guy your number and you're like, he's probably not going to call, mm -hmm. but they, I gave her my number and she called and then we did a zoom call and then we did something else. And then it was like, it was like a two year process until we got the, like the, the show on air, you know? So it was and for the whole time. What's interesting at getting a show the whole time they're telling you, you're, you're not going to get the show. They're like, Hey, listen, we shoot 99 pilots. One will get accepted you know, like, or even more than that. It's like unbelievable. Like the number of percentage is just unbelievable. You would not believe how many shows don't make it to air. It's crazy because you don't realize, or like people don't realize how many actual episodes, like this could be like for Shark Tank or for whatever. A person could go on the show, have recorded the whole episode and it just never air. And you can oh, never yeah. talk about it and you can never say anything. And it's like, oh no, I was on there, but like no one will ever know. It's showbiz is I crazy. A, I have an acquaintance. She's not really a friend um, for other reasons. <laughs> but um, she actually did an episode of a show or a pilot or something. Um, and it never aired and then it, it just got cut. And I felt, I originally really felt really bad for her because they had worked so hard on it and got their expectations. Um, we kind of did it the other way. The whole time I was filming, I was like, this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's okay. It's not going to happen. It's not a big deal. You know? Um, so it, it does, it's, people don't realize that the, the pressure and the, the intense work that goes into it and it might not even ever see the light of day. Yeah. Sorry, I'm such a talker. <laughs> no, you're like how many hours do you have <laughs> <laughs> no it's so interesting yeah. I tried out for a tv show and I didn't get it so Nicole I listen you're still a winner and <laughs> just because you don't make one doesn't mean you can't make a different one just you're right I'm gonna keep trying don't get me you, wrong you just jump in front of that camera you see a news person just do it exactly <laughs> so I just want to start out by saying my mom loves your TV show. Aww. I told her about this podcast and she was like, 
oh my gosh, I love watching her. She's so cool. Like I'm from San Diego, so she loves New Orleans. So anything about New Orleans and that she just loves heart it. So happy because, you know, I actually should get a t-shirt says that, that says my mom, your mom loves my show because <laughs> like so many people walk up and they're like, my mom loves your show. I'm like, thanks. Um, <laughs> which it actually makes my heart happy because I'm a mom. I have two little, you know, girls and I mean, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm making all the mamas happy, you know? <laughs> so uh, what was your favorite part about starting the show? Like once it all started. My favorite part about starting the show and, and like doing the show, honestly, is just, the, I think the jokes that happen in between, like the moments that happen are really funny and like letting my clients just be an even deeper part of my life um, is really fun. And then you're, you're, you're creating a memory, you know, something that's there forever. And so I think that's, that's really cool. And I like, I like the knowing that people are going to laugh with me, you know what I'm saying? Cause so much crap happens on a daily basis and it's hilarious and no one will ever know about it. And that makes me sad because I have such a limited memory and I forget all these amazing moments that have happened and then somebody else will say, and I'm like, oh, I wish we could have recorded that. Like one time my teammate, her, um, she went to a closing and her, the client, not her buyer, but the seller showed up to the closing with no pants on, no pants, just <laughs> underpants. Um, like, and she called me crying, laughing. Like, like I've never, my, my teammate is, is very even keel. She was falling laughing like I don't even know that was possible she was like tears and there was just such an amazing moment of like I wish the world could see this <laughs> but I don't know if they could show that on HGTV maybe on <laughs> yeah. Bravo call me Bravo call me <laughs> um so you mentioned your teammate is that the only person you work with or like who is um well Lauren and Derek and Joel and Faye that are all on the show um hmm. Lauren was my best friend since preschool. And, um, I hired her as a teammate. She was my first hire. And then Derek, we added, which was one of my friends that I grew up with his husband. So it was very fluid. It was very like natural. It wasn't like, I'm going to go get a team and I'm going to be amazing. Like, it was like, Oh, I'm busy. I need help. You want to help? And she was like, yeah. And then I was like, I like you, you want to help me? And he was like, yeah. Um, and then, uh, Faye was a really cool meeting. It was actually, um, so, and jo Joel's on my team. So Joel's my little brother and he is a little adorable punk of a brother. Um, <laughs> and I'm so happy to see him successful because he's actually the manager and trainer at the company now. Um, and he's actually really good and really loves people and it's very thoughtful. Um, so to see like my friends and my you know, family just thriving. Um, it's really cool. And so that you get to see a little of them in the show. If I could redo the show, I would have a show that was an hour and you would get to see our team meeting and get to see us interact a lot more um, because us together is just hilarity. Um, and then there's Faye who joined, I think about two years ago and she is, was one of my aunt's friends and we met at a Starbucks and we immediately loved each other. And, and so we added her to the team. And so you get to see a little bit of her and she's so professional and classy. Like she makes me look like I grew up in a dumpster <laughs> and she's so polished and beautiful. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you mentioned your favorite part. What was the scariest part? Oh gosh, scariest. Dude. 
Okay. So every day I had to show up and just be on. Okay. So if I don't show up and, and I'm sick or something, um, or something's wrong with me, it shuts down the whole production. So do in the middle of production, I hurt my ankle and I, I, I twisted and almost like broke my ankle um, while I was filming and, um, and going to the doctor and trying to make sure I'd be able to film the next day. Um, and that comes to find out, I just sprained it, but I had to wear a boot and I just put that boot on and kept filming. Cause I was like, I don't have time for this. So yeah, that was, that was scary. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was pregnant. So that was fun. Oh, wow. Were there ever moments of like doubt? Yes. Like every day, <laughs> all the time. I doubt. No. Um, I, there's always, because you never know what's going to make it to air and you never know what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, we're also filming during COVID, like at any moment, like the whole world could potentially shut down again. I think there was tons of moments of doubt because we were like, what's going to happen with the world? You know what I'm saying? And um, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, you deal with it though. You just, you think about it and you go, oh, that's crazy. And then you just move forward because at the end of the day, you can't live in fear. You can't live in doubt. You, You have to just put your big girl panties on. That sounds so weird. Put your big girl panties on. So my grandma used to say that to me um, because she was from the country. Yeah. That's what they do. Um, she also said, if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise. Um, so there you go. But I never you know, heard that I, one before. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that you just kind of have to just, just go with it, you know, because at the end of the day, you have no control over anything anyways. So the illusion of control is always there. You have no control. You just got to do your best and just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Were there ever any moments that you were like, man, I just don't want to do this anymore? Or are you yeah, pretty much so like- So many days, you know, like when you have to put on makeup and hair and be funny every single day for three months with a family, with a business, running a company, having other transactions going on, still having to make a living, still having to pull in clients and business- yeah. You think, why am I doing this? You know, like I don't even need to be famous. I'm not one of those people that are like, Oh my God, I love when people know who I am. I think it's cool. I don't care. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, I also, you know, have to deal with people hating on me, which is another whole thing, but I was about to know, ask you that. Yeah. Like criticism. Talk about haters. Yeah. Criticism. <laughs> How do you handle that? Cause I mean, seriously, like people are, people are ruthless, especially I if you a lot as a kid. Um, I got like tortured as a kid. Um, I mean, talking like every single day, like tortured. And I really, I really believe that I, you know, I believe, you know, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian and I believe that God allows you to walk through things so that when you come to bigger things that you have the strength and the ability to do those things. And I think that, you know, I was allowed to walk through the journeys that I walked through because I would develop a really thick skin. And what I realized is the same people that will praise you one minute will rip you down the next minute. And so people's praise is a very to little value. I appreciate it and I'm thankful for it. And, and it, it just helps me to know that I'm going in the right direction, but it doesn't, it, it's not part of my identity. It's not part of my value system because as a believer, as I'm a child of God. So all that I need and all that I have is in that statement. You know, I, I was born, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, I, I had everything and every validation I would ever need. And I think reading my Bible every day and, and kind of recentering my identity every single day is such a huge pillar of 
who I am. And when you have hate being thrown, you know, thrown at you and people trying to rip you down and hurt you and destroy you. And I've had all that. I've had people try to literally destroy me. Um, what ends up happening is if your pillar is not based on man's opinion, but God's love and his strength and his, and his power, then you're not going to be a leaf in the wind. You're just, you're going to be able to stand on that foundation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just like, I'm glad you have that base because I know so many people kind of like get in more of a like limelight world and then they panic because they're not strong enough to handle that criticism yeah. because it's hard. It's not easy to just say, I'm, I'm okay. And I don't need to listen to you. Yeah. Um, so the, the imposter syndrome comes in, you know, yeah. you're an imposter, but in actuality, when people first start something, no one knows what they're doing. But if you don't ever not know what you're doing, you're never out of your comfort zone and you're never growing. Right. So you should be, and you should start learning and training yourself to be uncomfortable and enjoy the uncomfortableness of learning something new and developing, you know? And, that, and I'm so glad you said that because that is something that I've always struggled with because like I'm such a perfectionist and I want everything perfect and I want everything done. But like, that's not how the life, how life works. Like you have to just be okay to be uncomfortable. Like you said, be yeah. comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's how life works. Yeah, and people are going to hate you if you're perfect or not perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you can't even, you can't try to go for that. Well, too, I think about like the story of, you know, Jesus, you know, and some people believe it's fact fiction, whatever you want to believe, but I believe it's true. And um, what was cool about that whole story is your boy came in like, yo, I love y'all. I'm here to give it all to you. And they were like, we're going to kill you. Like, that's pretty hardcore. Like, he's son of God, perfection, blah, 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 right? And your boy, they want to kill him. (laughs) So I'm like, if they wanted to kill him and he was like literally trying to help them, like, I shouldn't be surprised or upset when people come at me. Because I can love them with all the best intentions and want to die for them and want to, and be perfect and literally be perfect. And they would still want to kill. So boss, Felicia, (laughs) that's how we handle the haters. (laughs) That's how we handle it. (laughs) I love it. Is there anything that you would like change looking back, like regrets or anything? I don't even think about it. So no. Okay. I, the only thing I think I should have done was prepare better for the season. Cause people ask me if I have like clothes and things like that. I just don't um, because I've just, I've been so busy with real estate and with being a mom and, you know, I had a baby recently, so she's five months old. So I, I wish I would have been able to develop something like t-shirts or something that I could sell. That was probably the only thing. Um, everything else, I mean, eh, whatever, it's done. So can you give us any insight on like, what's the next thing for selling the big easy? Well, I, we're supposed to be meeting soon about season three. Um, we don't know if we have season three yet. Um, but either way, whether we get season three or not, we're still going to start developing different things and, um, and maybe other shows, um, if that doesn't continue to move forward, because I, I enjoy making people laugh, you know, so that is something that I would like to continue doing and, and, and bringing people entertainment and getting people in the real estate world. So, um, you know, that's it. So we don't know yet, but I'll let you know soon. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any advice for girls that are like just starting their journey? What I would say is find out what like you light up with, right? What like lights you on fire and 
pursue that, whether it's in a micro way or a max way all in, start moving in that direction. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I want you to be 60, 70 years old and say, wow, I'm really glad with the life and the legacy that I've left. And, and at the end of the day too, like my mom told me not to get in real estate. I've had bad advice my whole life. You know, now my mom loves me because she was trying to keep me in a business that she knew I would have a paycheck. And she was scared that I was not going to, to be successful and I would potentially fail. She was scared of my failure, but I would say just fail. Like this one, I saw this one thing. It was like fail a lot, you know? And, and be okay with failure um, because that just is a sign that maybe you're not in the right arena, but you're maybe heading in the right direction mm-hmm. and surround yourself with people that are not gossipers and that are, have positive energy, you know, and that love God and love you, you know, because at the end of, I keep saying at the end of the day, what, what, like, <laughs> I'm going to say that, but I think that people are constantly focused on stupid things, you know, and their friends are based on stupid things. You know, we should be, you want to be around people that want, that have the life that you want to have, or at least are going in the right direction that you want to be in. I mean, I was telling one of my friends that, you know, if you want to see your life and where you're going, look at the five people that are closest to you. Um, and you can kind of see where your life is developing. And if you start le- taking negative people out, putting positive people in and really chase after those friends that are valuable, because mm-hmm. I could not be where I'm at without the team and the people around me um, that cheer me on and, and help me throughout the whole process. Because there's a saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Hmm. you know so surround yourself with like-minded people that will help you go far I love that one actually um I saw it on a um like a graffiti on the side of a board <laughs> like, I was like, just stuck with you. I, was like in the, I think I was in a snowball parking lot <laughs> I was like I was like crying like reading the side of the thing I was like that's beautiful you're like so sweet <laughs> so you mentioned that you like had a team that you look to to go far who was did you have anyone that like you look looked up to or was it like your close friends like you said no I had I mean Jesus like yeah that's probably it like um I I'm I don't like looking at people you know I feel like sometimes people look at people and those people are flawed you know and and what happens is it traps you in a in a sense of like, I'm comparison, right? So if you look to God and you ask God to give you your purpose, you're not going to be comparing yourself to other people and maybe getting down on yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at people and be like, oh, that person's awesome. Great. And acknowledge them. But when you start looking up to people, people were never created to be on pedestals, you know, and they're, yeah. they're flawed and they'll, they'll fail you. And I even said that, you know, growing up in the church and I said, you have to be careful with putting pastors and people and ministers on pedestals, because if they fall, that you'll fall with them, you know, mm-hmm. put, and that's why I believe, you know, having God as my center and having, 
you know, something so perfect that just loves me and wants me to be my best is my focus. And then, and also looking inward constantly and checking myself and saying, what is in me that's maybe limiting, limiting beliefs, you know, what is in me that's, that's that voice that constantly speaks to me in my head that says, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Nobody likes you all this. And then start reminding yourself that that's not your voice. And I heard somebody say this really, it was really, it was one of my friends, her name was Courtney. And she said, you know, again, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the spirit realm. I believe in all that. I don't believe crystals, but you know, people are like, what? You don't believe in crystals. Um, but I, I believe there's three voices that we hear in our head, right? So we have a God voice, you know, that's like our conscious and trying to keep us out of hood rat things, right? You had um, your voice, which is, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. I should go, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have an accusatory voice, which I believe is darkness, is this, just like there's good, I think there's evil, you know? And I believe it's, 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 it's darkness. It's, it's demonic, you know, it's devil. So I'm going to say, oh, no, that's like, I don't believe in that. I do. So, but I believe there's a, a, a bad guy out there who hates you. I know this, this sounds terrible. I can't believe I'm going here, but I'm going to go there, you know? But that is, if it sounds accusing, you're not good enough. You're terrible. No one's going to love you. And they're accusing you. It says in the Bible that the devil is accuser of the brethren. In other words, he sits there and he just accuses you and beats you down. That thought is not your thought. That's coming from somewhere else. And you have to rebuke that and say, and and that's why I love scripture because I take it and I say, no, I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he. And I start speaking scripture over my mind, over myself. And it starts like healing me. And it like, it takes that voice and shuts it down. You know, and it says in the Bible that the, the word of God is like a, like a sword, you know? And so it cuts through the lies and so, um, so yeah, there you go. That's what I do. <laughs> I love it. Do you ever get that feeling of like, I made it or no. still? I feel like I haven't even started. Like y'all <laughs> ain't even seen Brittany yet. Y'all ain't seen nothing. Um, I remember people would be like, oh my gosh, you're so successful. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I haven't even started. Two, because if where my goal is, I want to change the world. You know, my goal is not be a successful real estate agent. My goal is not make a lot of money. My goal is change the world for better, right? So that will never end. That will never stop. I'm every person I talk to, I, I affect and 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 bring light to every person that I can heal or pray over or or help in situations that they need help in. Like I'm I'm creating shockwaves through eternity, you know, in the universe. And so that is not a, when you, you have a, I want to attain this, that's all well and good. But when you hit that and you look around, you're like, that's it. And I think that's why you see a lot of celebrities and Hollywood people and these rich athletes and stars and, and they're so miserable. And I feel like they get to the top of the mountain. They go, that's it. Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're, they attain something that doesn't have eternal value. Money is not eternal value. You know, stuff is not eternal value. It all will be washed away. I mean, I can't tell you how many million dollar mansions I walk in and the family is chucking the pictures and the knickknacks that they loved and they saved and they spent money on and, they, and they're throwing their garbage. It's garbage. 
you know? So if we're living for something eternal, you never arrive. You're just constantly affecting and letting God just do something else and do something else. And it's, and it's always fun. It's always Mm -hmm. amazing. Like I have a a guy in my life, he's, um, him and his wife, they're in their mid eighties and they're beautiful. Like his wife still wears a bikini. I'm like, what? And they're Cajun. It's not like they're eating organic. I'm like, that must be the blood of Jesus. Um, (laughs) so, but he is literally, they still travel. They're in their 86. They travel every week multiple times a week and they just go and tell people about the love of Jesus and just and hug like if we go to the airport he's telling the person behind the counter at the ticket counter you're precious and he's just he's like affecting her life and just pouring into every single person and he lives every day like that with just as much like excitement and and joy and love and that's what's so great about you know um, about my relationship with Jesus is it's, it describes it in the Bible as a well and a well never stops. Right. So there's biblical wells from thousands of years ago that are still producing water today that are still in use today from 4,000 years ago. So wells don't have endings. It's a constant influx of water. And that's what I believe as human beings that we were created to be is wells to, to the world that people can come and drink and have rest and be sustained. And we should be that to each other um, because, you know, we're, that's the way God made us, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. You know, Um, always like striving for more. So, yeah. But what's interesting, even when you said strive, right? Strive Mm -hmm. means to like, like climb, right? Yeah. So what, what happened with me is I used to run my business like that. I'm like, oh, I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat that person. I'm going to beat that person. I'm going I'm to kill all y'all, you know, like, um, and what happened is I realized I was miserable one day and I was, I was just, just, I wasn't, I felt never good enough. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, what is wrong with me? And he said, I just want you your whole purpose and what you're created for was to enjoy me. And I will open the doors and I will create ways for you, but I need you to just rest in me. So it's an interesting, when you, when like you, that. yeah, when you truly get in that mindset of like rest, and I think that's why people meditate and stuff too. Yeah. But like when you rest and you let God kind of take you to the places you need to go, it's not striving. Like it's, it's, if you're striving, I think you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're like, you wake up every day and it's like this, like overwhelming joy. And you're like, what is my purpose today? Like, what am I going to be doing? How, what am I going to be accomplishing? And, and, and whose life am I going to impact? Cause you could go from like, I'm going to get it, you know, just do it. You know, you're going to, you're going to run out of steam and you're yeah. going to end up just, just running on empty. Yeah. You know, but if your perspective and your heart and your mindset comes from a place of abundance, like I have so much joy, I have to go talk to people because I'm about to burst or, or I, I want to, I want to be a blessing to this person, or I want to impact this person. Your whole perspective is going to change. Therefore your energy levels are going to change too. Yeah. I love that. Of like exploding versus like, yeah. Ugh, to take this energy from me, you know, yeah. I love that. So this has been awesome. And we're, you know, getting close to the end of this episode, but we always like to end our 
episode with the mantras of like how we live. So mine is have courage and be kind and Nicole. And mine is uh, she believed she could, so she did. So what is yours? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I love it. Love it. Perfect. <laughs> what a perfect way to like wrap this whole episode with a little bow and that's it. That's awesome. Well, this has been really great. It's so exciting to hear all of everything that happened for you and all the excitement that could potentially keep coming towards you. Um, so I hope you continue resting in Jesus and letting him open those doors for you. This has been so fun and so great. So thanks, Brittany, for being on our podcast. All right. Love you, ladies. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye, moms that watch my show. <laughs> and that's a wrap for this week's episode of the 3G Podcast.